What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Truth Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Benitez. I want to welcome you guys in. Listen, today it was like 95, 94 degrees right around there in LA. It was hot and it's the middle of October and I would not have it any other way. Living on the East Coast, Dre's here. I think she she and I will both agree. I'd rather have it 90s in the 90s in October than like, I don't know, not even like 50 degrees. It's 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 really cold. So it's an awesome day. I want to welcome you guys in. And I want to begin with this one testimony. Now, to begin, this testimony, I've been reading this book by Pastor Joseph Prince. And as I mentioned in the previous episode, if you have not, I really, really, really want to encourage you. I want you to go and download his app. Joseph, just, just type in Joseph Prince on the App Store and subscribe to his all of his sermons. They're amazing. They are amazing. I'm reading this book, and it's so awesome. In this book, he has so many testimonies. And today, I'm going to be I'm going to be talking about something very key to your deliverance. We're going to be talking about deliverance today. Anthony, are you going to be talking about the hierarchy of Satan and the demons and what name and, you know, what's your favorite color and ice cream? No. I'm going to be talking about deliverance from self. Deliverance from self, deliverance from self-occupation. Because being self-occupied, being self-conscious, that word conscious means to be aware. Being aware of yourself that is what brings fear of men where you cannot even go into a room a classroom a work setting any type of environment and because i used to be this way you would walk into a room and all you can think about is yourself what are they thinking about me what are they saying about me what do they think about me it's just me 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 and that is the ultimate battle i would say in the Christian walk. It's not against the devil. Okay, the devil has been defeated, defanged by the cross of Jesus Christ. You have to understand that. The Bible says in Colossians that blessed be God the Father who has qualified us to be a partaker of the inheritance in the saints in the light. And it goes on to tell us, listen to this, who has transferred us or translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the, the kingdom of light. We have been transferred. We have been delivered out of the kingdom of darkness and placed in the kingdom of light. It's like if you lived in Mexico, right? You were in Mexico. You had to follow the Mexican laws. You had to get a Mexican ID. You were subject to the authorities, to the powers that be in Mexico. Now, let's say you moved to Europe. Let's say you moved to Berlin, Germany. Let's say you moved to the United States. Now, what's going on in Mexico, really, I mean, I'm talking about spiritual, really has no, it doesn't really affect you. You can be aware of it, but what does that benefit you? Like, you are living in Berlin now. You are living in Amsterdam now you're living in uh, Spain now you're living in I'm, I'm using this as an illustration 
And in the same exact way, when we were unsaved, when we were not born again, when we were raw sinners to the core, we were under the generational curses. We were under the curse of the law. We were, even if, I mean, if I can get to this another episode, but there was seven, seven spirits. There were spirits assigned to our lives to destroy us, be it divorce, be it bankruptcy, be it sickness, be it disease, be it mental torment, be it calamity, destruction, car accidents, wrecks, death, break-ins. All those things were a part and they were they had the rightful authority to operate in your life when you were not born again, when you were without Christ, when you were still in the kingdom of darkness. But now, Colossians chapter 1 says that we have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So in reality, you and I have no dealings with demons and the devils. Now listen to what I am saying. We are in the kingdom of light as a believer. As a believer, they have no authority over your life. Calamity has no authority over your life. Destruction, sickness has no authority over your life. You are not in that kingdom anymore. Now, you, are, you have been placed in the kingdom of light, the kingdom of his dear son, where in place of curses are now blessings. In place of calamity is now divine protection. In place of bankruptcy and poverty is now wealth and riches. In place of just running into different walls and the doors never being open. In place of that is now abundant favor. In place of not being ever, not even being able to scratch the surface when it comes to success, when it comes to, it, it just felt like you were just running around and around and around. Now in the kingdom of light, you have abundant favor, grace, blessings, so we have no dealings with the kingdom of darkness in your personal life. You have to understand that. Well, Anthony, well, well, why are some Christians oppressed? You have to understand this. The only tactic that the enemy has against you is deception, is complete lies and deception. When in reality, you and I are completely free. We are completely healed. We are completely blessed. We are completely protected. We are completely righteous. Our families are protected. The favor of God is on my wife, on my animals, on my house, on my household, on my family. Well, Anthony, why, why do I see some Christians struggling? Because their believing is wrong. They do not know the truth. Or they may intellectually know the truth, but they don't believe it. Remember how I said this in a previous episode? There's a difference between knowing with your noggin and believing with your heart. Because I can tell you this. Someone can be listening to grace and intellectually comprehend grace with their mind. But in their heart, they're still under the condemnation 
of God, which doesn't exist, which has been eradicated in their minds. They deserve punishment because they make mistakes. So they can be out of their mouth. They can be saying, no, I believe in grace. I believe in grace. But do you? Do you really believe in grace? When you fail, when you make a mistake, when you sin, do you are you expecting punishment? Do you really believe? Because this is not about, you see, in the, under the new covenant of grace, it's not about what you know. It's about what you believe. What do you believe? What do you believe? Do you believe you have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and now you're in the kingdom of light where blessings reign, where favor reigns, where divine protection reigns, where grace reigns? Or do you believe you have to fend for yourself? And these are these are growing pains, if I can say it that way, where we're learning how to like, well, you know what? Maybe I don't fully believe that. And that's a, a great place to be. Because it's in that vulnerability that God is able to help you. If you would just be honest with yourself. If you would be honest with your Heavenly Father who loves you. If you would say, you know what, Lord? I don't know why. I, 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 still, I still don't trust. I still don't feel. And that's the type of relationship that Jesus came to bring with our Heavenly Father is a relationship. You just sit there and, and you say, you know what? I'm frustrated. You know, I've been, I've had times personally where I've just been frustrated and I would just sit in my car and I would just literally say, Father, I don't know what's going on. I'm really frustrated right now. I'm really freaking annoyed. Anthony, you said that? Yeah. I said, I'm just annoyed. I'm really annoyed. I'm just, uh, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated with this person. I, I'm, I'm really ticked off right now. Anthony, <laughs> He, you see, this is the spirit of sonship that Jesus Christ came to bring for you and for me. Is you would literally sit down with your father and as a son, as a daughter, be open and honest and say, yo, I, I don't know what's going on. I'm frustrated and I, I need your help. Amen. That's a more powerful prayer, wouldn't you say, Dre, than like some... Oh, in in the previous episode, in the previous church, we were in a, there was this pastor which I love, and he he would just go, "Oh, Father of Heaven, we come to you in the name of Jesus." God's like, uh, uh, just like, are you done playing theatrics? Just be real. I said this: be real, be real, be real, be real. That, he's a cool rapper, by the way, from Cypress Hill. But literally, be real. Be genuine. So again, what do you and I believe? What do we believe? And it's not what we know, my friend. It's what do we believe? And this is why we, it is important to saturate ourselves with teachings of grace and righteousness and God's love, not out of religious obligation, but to understand and to have that word sink into our hearts that we are unconsciously believing the truth of God's word. And that takes time. But by the grace of God, he'll accelerate it for you. He would help you if you would just be open and honest with your father. Say, Father, I, I, don't, I don't know why I keep having this fear. I don't know why I'm afraid. I, I know it's irrational, but I need your help. Because I don't want this in my life. And I don't know why. I'm just being honest. It's really irrational. And I, I feel like it's silly. 
but I know you're here to help me. So I thank you for your grace in this area. I thank you for healing my soul. I receive this now. In Jesus' name, amen. That is a powerful prayer. Out of, birth out of a heart of just intimacy with Jesus. So, we have been delivered from the kingdom of darkness. We're now in the kingdom of light. Why did I say that? Because I began saying that the biggest battle that you and I would have or will have in this walk is not with the devil because we are now out of the kingdom of darkness. They have no authority, no power. The only thing is tricks and deception. Do you believe the truth? Or are you believing a lie? And wrong believing will produce bondage. Write that down. Wrong believing will produce bondage. So that's my answer to that question. Well, why are Christians, why do Christians seem like they're in bondage? Because they don't know the truth. And that word no means to experience, that means to believe. Wrong believing will put you in bondage. In fact, all bondage is mental. Ephesians says, when you were enemies in your mind. Not enemies in reality, but enemies in your mind. You know, I had an encounter with um, one of, um, I would just say, one of my friends, I was talking to Jerry about this yesterday over, over lunch, where I get, there was like a group chat and I texted something and, and he took it the wrong way. And my other friend was like, yo, I know you, bro. Like, I, I know you. This is this. I know you. I know who you are. I know your character. I know who you are. So when I read that, I was like, oh, you know, that's just Anthony. But this other person doesn't know you yet, and he's still intimidated by you. He still doesn't fully trust you. So the way that he read it was shaped by his perception of you in the same exact way. What we believe about God, what we believe about Jesus will shape what we experience in this life. So number one. The battle is with ourselves, with strongholds, with our beliefs, with self-occupation. Number two, the battle is in with the devil. The devil has been defeated. So it's, there's, no, there's no point even talking about him. We have been delivered out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Secondly, sin is no longer a barrier. Sin is no longer a barrier. Well, Anthony, the wages of sin is death. Correct. But who paid that wage already? Past, present, future. You see, the wages of sin is death. That's correct. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. That is our portion. The wages of sin is death. Well, who died? Do we have to pay or did someone else pay? Are you your own savior or is jesus your savior are you able to pay when you make a mistake you can't the wages of sin is not is death it's not a little i'm gonna cut my wrist and that's gonna pay for my sin no 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 no. you must die the soul that sinneth must die but someone died already completely past all of your past sins, all of your present sins today, 
and all of your future sins until you be what the Lord has already been paid for. Because the wages of death, the wages of sin is death and someone died. You can't pay for your sin. Quit trying to pay for your sin. It has already been paid for. So now when you sin, there is no wage of death for your life. It has been paid. So sin is no longer a barrier to living the good life, to living a life full of blessings and grace and favor upon your life. So what is it then? Is our wrong believing, our wrong thinking? And the number one that the number one enemy that I want to talk about, like I said, not the devil, not demons, not sin, they've all been taken care of. Past present future okay the number one is what the bible in the new covenant talks about is self to the point where even paul the apostle romans was written about six years before the apostle paul was martyred he was already 30 years into his ministry think about this paul the apostle was already 30 years in to the walk of faith the walk of righteousness by faith and still, 33 decades, 30 years after he saw the resurrected Christ, he was dealing with his self, with the flesh, the sin principle in us, which is activated by works. Thir he was 60 years old when he was dealing with this. He, it, he wasn't like... A baby Christian. He was 60 years old and he was still dealing with self as the as the enemy. The Bible says the carnal mind is an enemy. The mind that is governed by works is an enemy against God. That's the enemy. It's not the devil. It's not demons. For us as believers, we're out of that kingdom. They have no barrier to my life, to your life. It is not sin because sin is, is already paid for. So the biggest barrier, listen, the biggest barrier is ourself. It is us being occupied with ourselves because i'll tell you the minute that you look to yourself to your mistakes to you trying to get better the minute you the minute you are conscious of your own self if you look at a picture who do you see first your mom your your dad your brother no you see you look at yourself it's it's a ten, it's a propensity of the of the flesh you look at yourself how do i look you walk into the room. What are people thinking about me? And then that brings fear. And you can't even be bold in front of people. Because you're just so focused on me, 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 me. Insecurity, insecurity, insecurity. Of course, you should be insecure because in yourself there is no security. But in Jesus, there is security. In Jesus, there is peace. In Jesus, there is confidence. Not in yourself. In Jesus. And that flesh, so when I talk about flesh, I'm not talking about your body. Your body has been purchased. Your body has the right to be completely healed. Listen, your body has been purchased and has the right, if you can believe, to be completely healed and walk in divine health free from sickness, free from allergies, free from migraines, free from any type of nature of the curse anything of the fallen nature your body has been purchased to be redeemed from all those things if you can believe 
So when I say the flesh, I'm not talking about your body. Your body has the right to be completely healed, strong, whole, amended. Your youth should be renewed because that is a right of the righteous. So I'm not talking about your body when I say your flesh. I'm talking about flesh, S-A-R-X, the sinful principle in you that is still in you, that until you get your glorified body, it's still going to be in you, that gets activated when you look to yourself. This is why this is so important. Because you're going to have that sinful principle in you. The flesh is not your body. The flesh is the sinful principle in you. Let's say, for instance, if you get a splinter in your finger, the splinter is in your finger, but you'd be foolish to say, "I'm, I'm a wood now. I'm wood. The splinter is in your finger and it's painful, right? But would you be so foolish to say, well, because the wood is in my in my finger now, I'm wood, I'm a wood? No, that, that little piece of wood is in your finger, but you are not that wood. So you have to understand in the same exact way that we have this sinful principle within our body, within us, I should say, because our body has been purchased, our body deserves to be healed, not by our own righteous deeds, but by Jesus Christ, by his righteousness. Our body deserves to be healed. Our body deserves to be whole. Our body deserves to be strong. Our bones deserve, not by our righteous deeds, but by Jesus Christ and his finished work. Our body deserves to be completely strong, whole, sharp, clear, everything within us. Because it was purchased. No, what the Bible says, know ye not? Do you not realize your body is the temple of God? In the Old Testament, the physical temple needed to have some sort of perfection. God told Moses, build the tabernacle exactly the way that you see it in heaven. And that was the Old Testament. The tabernacle of God needed to be perfect as far as the stones, the gems, the robes, everything. And now that you, your body is the temple of God, your body deserves by the blood of Jesus, not by your righteous deeds, not by your confessions. Your body deserves to be whole, strong, healed, free from sickness. Sickness is a punishment for sin. And that was paid for by Jesus. You are free from sickness. You are exempt from allergies. You are exempt from cancer. You are exempt by the blood of Jesus. Sickness, listen to me, sickness is a punishment for sin. Sickness is a wage of sin. And Jesus Christ paid all the wages. Therefore, you are free to be in divine health. So, that sin principle, the flesh, is not your body, but that is in us. And it gets activated when you are occupied, when you are aware of yourself, when you begin to look to yourself. A very clear illustration was found when Peter was walking on water. When Peter's focus, when Peter's consciousness, when his awareness, in other words, was looking to Jesus, he superseded the natural laws. But the minute his eyes his attention was on the waves of condemnation, the waves of guilt, the waves of self. He sank. 
in the same exact way. This is, I love that picture because that's literally the Christian life. Our, our, our main responsibility, if you want to call it that, is to look to Jesus and look away from self. I'm going to say something strong, but believe it. That's why it's demonic to listen to any teachings that point to yourself, your effort, your cleaning up. Listen to this. Our religion is self-occupation. Because the devil is so cunning, and I'm just simply peeling back the curtain so you can see by the wisdom of God that he would have you to look to yourself because when you look to yourself, when you look to your effort, when you look to your mistakes, when you look to who you are and what you need to do, you, like Peter, will sink. But when you look to Jesus, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 says, we are transformed when we look at him, not by our efforts, but by the spirit of the Lord. From glory to glory. From faith to to faith so this is the christian walk this is the majority this is the chunk that same exact picture that was so beautifully illustrated in the gospels that the minute that we look to jesus we rise above the guilt we rise above our mistakes we rise above our flaws we rise above the flesh. But the minute that we look within, there is fear, anxiety. In fact, the law is self, like I said, religion is self-occupation. The law is self-occupation. When you are conscious of who of yourself, you will feel fear grip your soul. I've been there. Anthony, where is that in the Bible? Hebrews chapter 13 depicts, in other words, paints a picture for us of what it, what it is like to be under law. The Bible says we have not come to a mountain that can be touched, but we have come to Mount Zion, grace. The Bible says out of Mount Zion, I will bless you. And the Bible says, we have not come to the mountain where darkness and voices and thunderings, where Moses himself said, I exceedingly fear and tremble. When you are in fear, when you are anxious, that's a clear indicator you're focusing on yourself. You are being self-introspective. And you are going back to the mountain of the law, which is Mount Sinai, to the point where even Moses said, I fear, I tremble. Where darkness encapsulated that mountain at nine in the morning, where the voices were so stark that the entire children of Israel begged Moses to go and talk to God because they could not bear the voices that were coming forth from that mountain. That is mental torment. And when we look to self, when we look within, when we look at what we must do, when we look at our mistakes instead of Jesus, because this is all, Christ Christianity is all about Jesus. What a marvelous statement. 
Christianity is all about Jesus. Jesus is your obedience. Jesus is your holiness. Listen to this. God is not looking at your character and your conduct. Anthony, well, how, how can a holy God not, not look at our mistakes? Because he saw your mistakes on the cross over 2,000 years ago. You, will, you are calling, listen to this, you are calling God unholy if you say that God still sees you when you sin, that God still sees you in your sin, that God sees you in your shortcomings. Because all those things were placed on Jesus once. And now when he sees you, he sees Jesus. All those sins were placed on the body of Jesus Christ over 2,000 years ago. So now when you sin, when you make a mistake, it's news to you, but it's not news to God. He foresaw it before you were even born. And when he foresaw it, he placed your sins from birth till you be with the Lord on the body of Jesus, punished Jesus on your behalf. So now there is therefore no more punishment when you sin. God will be unholy and unjust to see you in your sin. I'm not saying there's no sin in you, but when God sees you, he sees no sin on you. Because of the blood of Jesus, he is looking at the blood of Jesus Christ. When he sees you, he sees Jesus. As he is, so are we. Jesus is your righteousness. Jesus is your holiness. Jesus is your obedience. Christianity is, is none of you and all of Jesus. Christianity is none of you and all of Jesus Christ. God sees Jesus. He doesn't see you. God saw the high priest of Israel, not the children of Israel. If the high priest was accepted, the children of Israel was accepted. When Balaam and Balak were on the mountain trying to curse the children of Israel, Numbers 23, go and read it, I encourage you. The Bible says that Balaam began to prophesy and the word of the Lord came to him saying, I see, I, I have observed no iniquity in Jacob, in Israel. My question is this, was there sin in the children of Israel's camp? Yes, we clearly see it written for our admonition throughout the entire testimony. So it behooves me to ask this question then. So why did God say, I don't observe sin in Israel? I don't observe iniquity in Israel. But there was clearly mistakes and murmurings and complainings and adulteries and all these things happening in the camp of Israel. My answer, they were covered by the blood of bulls because they made daily sacrifices. How much more the blood of Jesus? And I put the Holy Spirit on that. How much more shall the blood of Jesus not cover but remove your sin? from the eyes of a holy God. As east is from the west, so have I removed all your sins from you. So when God sees you, there were, he doesn't see sin on you. Well, Anthony, how come I fear this, this fear and this tendency to anger and hatred and jealousy and lust and worry and panic and envy and all these things because there is still sin in you but God doesn't see it on you. That sin in you gets activated when you look to yourself 
In other words, when you come under the law. So my, I submit to you this, then the, if I can just say key, the one and only key that you need to know in the new covenant of grace is this, look to Jesus. Three words, look to Jesus. You want to be free from yourself? Look to Jesus. Don't look at yourself. Don't look at your sin. Don't look at your failures. Don't look at that fear. Look away and look to Jesus and you will walk on water. You will supersede the natural laws of guilt and condemnation and fear. Look to Jesus. Second Corinthians, as you behold him, you are transformed. All transformation is unconscious. You are not aware that you are being transformed because you are aware of Jesus. And when you are aware of Jesus, that transformation that you are yearning for becomes unconscious and that is true transformation because any transformation that requires your conscious effort is the law and the law will bring death every single time so let me read this testimony i, I read this um in the book that i'm reading by pastor joseph prince and this lady from uh texas was listening to the teachings of grace and righteousness by faith and listen to how she got set free she wrote this to the uh, to pastor prince because she was listening to his teachings so i want to make that very clear but I, my point is i want you to see the power that listening to grace and righteousness by faith the the fruit that it bears dear pastor prince i was saved as a young child but because of sins committed to me and by me, I never felt worthy. Anxiety attacks, migraines, and other physical symptoms continued to plague me for years, becoming worse over time. I recently hit rock bottom when the lies of the accuser made me go from fearing every time I left my house to having full-blown anxiety attacks even in my own home. I would wake up from sleep having these attacks. I knew something needed to change, but I did not know where to start. I fought against taking medication that the doctor prescribed. I would pray and had my mother pray, but something was missing. I was determined to get well, so I bought some self-help books, including a quote-unquote Christian book. I believed that God was willing to heal me and that Jesus died for my healing. This may be in the same exact predicament that you're listening, you listener, so listen. I believed that God was willing to heal me and Jesus died for my healing, but I had to quote-unquote do my part if my healing was to manifest. I read the quote-unquote Christian book to be set free, to get spiritual, mental, and physical healing, but it only caused me to relive and recount my entire past and put me into greater mental torment. The accuser began to attack me even more. I felt worse than I ever I felt worse than ever before as he tormented me with the things that have happened even 20 years ago. I actually thought that I had a taste of what hell may be like, being tormented day and night. I even thought that this was what I had to go through to get my healing. By my own failing efforts, I worked hard for redemption, trying to be good and to do right for the last several years. But my efforts only worked small periods of time. 
before the anxiety and fear will return with the vengeance. But praise God, I have a praying mother and I got a hold of your books. She's talking to, to Pastor Prince. And teachings and received the revelation of grace. Listen, and I received the revelation of grace and the gift of righteousness. The earlier resources required my self-efforts, which only made things worse. But thankfully, they brought me to the end of myself. That's what the law is supposed to do, bring you to the end of yourself. I continue to read. Through the truth of your messages and books on grace and the person of Jesus, I am whole. I have stopped looking at myself and started looking onto him. Each day I would draw, I draw waters, living waters from Jesus. Day by day I become more like him because as he is, so am I in this world. I thank God for the revelations that I have had and continue to receive from uh, your ministry, from Pastor Prince Ministry. For the first time I realized what it really means to be righteous, the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. And I understand the real true power of Jesus' blood and his finished work on the cross. I'm excited about having a real relationship, you see? Real relationship with my Heavenly Father. I look forward to living the rest of my life, enjoying the blessings of God through His unearned, unmerited favor. I ask for healing, but He has given me so much more. You see, this is, did you notice how she said, the more I tried, that all those self-efforts and those self-help, quote-unquote, Christian books, they only made it worse. The mental torment only grew worse and worse and worse. Read, read the second half of Romans chapter 7. That is the same exact struggle that I began this episode saying that Paul went through the same exact thing. When you look to yourself, the more you rely on your efforts, on your formulas, on your habits, on your self-discipline, the worse it will get. Let me say that one more time. The more you rely on your self-discipline, on your efforts, on looking to yourself, on giving up more for God and uh, more self-discipline and read more and all these things. The more that you do that, the more you try, the worse it will get. Why? Because you are looking to yourself as your savior. You are looking within and within you is sin in the flesh. That's what Romans chapter 7 says. I know that in me dwells no good thing that is in my flesh. For the will to do what is right is there, but how to do that which I want to, I do not know how to. That's what Paul the Apostle said by the Spirit in Romans chapter 7. Self-effort kills. Looking to yourself will kill you. So I want to leave you guys with this. Well, what am I supposed to do, Anthony? You know, when I was going through this very strong battle back and forth back and forth with um anxiety and stuff like that i would continuously fail and i would wake up feeling like utter like utter crap and one day i was driving and i was like what do i need to do i'm trying my best lord what do i need to do and he said what did you just say and it's almost like i just heard myself say that what i just said but it, i heard it from with the ears of god and like like an instant, I was like, wow, there it is. I'm relying on me listening to sermons. I'm looking to the audio sermons as my savior instead of Jesus. Even when you're listening to me, all 
my job as a minister is to do is to point you to Jesus, to point you to his finished work. If you rely on my teachings to be your savior, because this happens unconsciously, this is probably one of the most subtle, cunning attacks is legalism. It is religion. Well, I know about grace, okay? But you are relying, my friend. Listen, you, listener, I'm speaking to you directly. You are relying on those spiritual exercises to bring you peace and deliverance. You're relying on you listening to sermons. You're relying on the audio tape to bring healing instead of realizing that the audio tape points you to the person who will deliver you. It is not a teaching. It is not a exercise. It is not a discipline that will heal you or deliver you. It is a person, and that person's name is Jesus. That's why Romans chapter 7, Paul, by the Spirit of the Lord, said, Who, not what, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Why? Because he was looking to self. He was being introspective. He kept focusing on himself, and it got worse and worse and worse and worse until he cried out by the spirit who not what who will deliver me from this body of death that who is jesus the next verse says blessed be god it is through jesus christ so again i leave you with this Every single transformation that you want. I know you want to be free from that fear. I know you want to be free from that anxiety. I know you want to be free from that obsessive thinking. All those things are occurring in your life because you are trying. All those things are occurring in your life because you don't simply let go. It is, you see, all the things of God are so simple yet profound. So simple that you must believe and that's it. Really? Just believe in Jesus and I'm the righteousness of God? We overthink this me included we overthink the things of god the things of god are so simple i find myself time and time again having to reiterate to myself and realize and remind myself that the things of god are so simple they're so simple i overthink too much i really just believe and i'm the righteousness of god simple Re believe and receive in the same exact way listen to this the highest form this is this is going to really help you so listen in the highest form of resistance the highest form of warfare is not to fight but to ignore that fear that stronghold in your mind that is gripping your soul with fear you need to ignore it and look to jesus not in a religious way but simply ignore that feeling you are not in the flesh those feelings are not there are they are not the truth they are real but they are not the truth they are a lie believe the truth believe that you have been set free from sickness from disease believe that god has not given you the spirit of fear but of power of love and of a sound mind believe that all things have now became new in your life for you are a new creation old things have passed away behold all things have become new those feelings those symptoms that pain they are real yes but they are not the truth the truth is you are free now believe right believing or produce right living in your life. Ignore the devil. Ignore those lies. Ignore the flesh. 
The more you focus on the flesh, the more you focus on yourself, the more you focus on spiritual warfare, the stronger. Whatever you are conscious of, you will manifest. And I'll end with this. I remember listening to Joseph Prince. He was saying that when he first got saved as a baby Christian, some preachers told them, you need to know your enemy. So he kept reading books about the devil. Th the same exact thing that I did. Jay is here next to me. I would watch obsessively these crazy ass videos about the hierarchies of the devil and principalities and all this crap. And Joseph Prince did the same exact thing. And he said, the more I was focused on the devil, the more manifestations I had. The more he focused on him, the more the ma the more he felt the evil spirits, the more the hairs on his back stood up, the more manifestations in his room he felt. That happened to Joseph Prince. That happened to Andrew Walmack. That's happened to you, I'm sure. That's happened to me. The minute that I focused on myself, on fear, on sickness, on the devil, guess what manifested? You've manifest whatever you focus on. So my... Ending point is this, ignore the flesh, ignore the devil, ignore those lying symptoms. Look to Jesus and that deliverance that you're yearning for is will come supernaturally, unconsciously as you ignore. That's the highest level of warfare is to ignore, 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 ignore. Ignorance is bliss ignore the devil ignore the flesh ignore those symptoms and grace will flow when you don't worry about it it's so simple yet so powerful so i want to leave you guys with that and i want to encourage you to share this episode with anybody anybody that needs to hear this I, i'm fully convinced that this is such a powerful key and it's not really a key. All it is is you look to Jesus and you ignore everything else. That it's going to change people's lives by the grace of God. So be a conduit of God's grace and spread this message of grace. And I'm telling you, it, the, this revolution of Jesus and his finished work will heal families and lives. So I want to thank you in advance for doing that. I love you guys. I'll see you in the next one. Peace. Hey guys, we want to thank you for tuning in. We pray that this quickened your heart. If you'd like to give a one-time or become a monthly partner, visit our website and hit that Give Now button up at the top. We thank you in advance and pray that you continue to receive everything God has already given you. By grace, through faith.